There's no taped version for me. I'm just here in my basement. I'm still shocked that anyone listens. <laughs> well, that's probably never going to wear off. Hey, this, this, maybe they're, they're not. I don't know. Maybe I'm all alone. Are we going? George is like having a meltdown right now. I don't know. Is this a meltdown? I'm ready to do the show. I I think I so. You're like a lot more introspective today than I feel like I've ever heard you be, <laughs> possibly in my lifetime. And I assume it's because you're sick, but I'm a little worried about it. So I hope you're okay. Oh, um, oh my God. I, 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 I don't know. I like this, Georgia. I think we might have to... Do you uh, like it? Yeah, we, we might have to take Georgia to like Chuck E. Cheese every Wednesday to, to you know, get her sick before, before she you know, comes. I like how that was your go-to example. I, I mean, it's entirely accurate. I just, that's not even something I would have thought of. I would have been like riding the MBTA, which is like the sickness infested presence in my life. I bet the Chuck E. Cheese's in Canada are super clean though. But, but oh, already, yeah. I can't go back to Chuck E. Cheese because I played like five nights at Freddy's and now I can never go back with those animatronic animals. Because I think I might have, that might be too much for me. See, is this the show? We got to introduce the show because this is this is solid gold. This this has to be at the end. The, at the end, this is like the beginning of the show. Is this the <laughs> Hi there, welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree Easy Online Payments, and we will tell you all about them later. Uh, for right now, I am not joined by a games boss at Giant Space Cap, Brianna Wu, because she is off kicking ass and taking names over at Bree! the Grace Hopper conference. Uh, I think she just had her, her <laughs> a keynote today. So, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> but but I do have uh, I do have editor at the Mary Sue and not sick person Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm physically well. I'm far less sick than I was last week. Unlike other hosts on this show. Now I know why I'm sick. You got yeah. Me sick, I Maddie. passed it through the internet. You passed the panda box right, to Georgia. Is right what happened. to Georgia. How could you do it? I didn't know it was possible, so that's one reason, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know. There does seem to be something going around in that everybody that I know locally is sick, but you are in Canada, so I have absolutely no explanation for how quickly a cold seems to be going around. But it's definitely fall, which means cold. How did you do that to me? I don't know. I don't know. Speed of light. That's how fast germs travel. I, don't, I know a lot about germs. Anyway. So we, all, we also have a psychotherapist and senior editor from iMore.com and online virus aficionado, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I'm sick. I'm really <laughs> sick. I think I have laryngitis or something. So you have to put up with me. That's, it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, wow. I feel like the further the show goes on, the more you sound like Aubrey from Little Shop of Horrors or something. Like you're like doing a I little. I sound like the plants. No, the the love interest after whom the plant is named, and she has this like she has this like very delicate. Um, Need me see more. <laughs> maybe you'll start to sound like the plant eventually, but right now you sound more like I don't know which actress played that that part. I'm, I'm kind I'm of imagining Georgia as a piranha plant right now, and it's and it's magical. <laughs> that that show is amazing i wrote an essay that referred to it obliquely recently and i've like been thinking about it ever since and i'm just gonna start sneaking little shop um references into everything i write so look out for that to happen anyway 
So, uh, so filling in for Bree this week, we have another special guest. We are very happy to welcome to the show editor at GameSpot, Alexa Ray Correa. How, welcome to the show, Alexa. Thank you so much for putting up with Yay. our ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> Thank I know, you for having she's me. Probably ran away by now. I'm sorry. It was me. I'm here. Oh, <laughs> so lucky. <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Yay! 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 We're gonna talk about Alexa's awesome articles later. Oh no! But first, but first, <laughs> I, I think I think we might have intimidated her with our with our nonsense a little bit, but or with our fanishness, perhaps. Yes, I don't know. I don't know. Either either or. <laughs> I've been in a in a review bay all day, so I'm very happy to have some human interaction. Oh, awesome! Yeah, God, yeah. I don't envy you. The review apocalypse is upon us. <laughs> is is there a word for that? Like review? Do you like made a portmanteau for that? I feel like I got that from Alexa herself. Like, didn't you refer to it as the review apocalypse or something like that earlier today? I feel like I saw you do that, or somebody did that. Release apocalypse. Release apocalypse is oh, what it was. Okay. Sorry, that's much more uh, generalized. It could even <laughs> refer to something besides video games, but um, it, in this case, it's that all the video games are are here. They're here and they're ready to be reviewed by Alexa Recoria. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> no. So let, let me just go through some really quick follow-up before we uh, before we get started. So we re- we record this show live, as we've kind of referenced sometimes, but... Um, <laughs> as the chat room as, is well as aware. As the chat room is well aware. If you're listening to us right now, you know this, but... Um, so uh, Relay, Relay FM, our wonderful network that we are a part of, just released an app this week, like right after we recorded the last show, that will let you know when we're recording live. So you can download that that app, and we'll put a link in the show notes where you can download it. You can get a notification on your phone um, when we're recording. You can come listen to us. And I don't think it does the chat room yet, but you can listen to us on your phone wherever you are. So if you are not at a computer at 9 o'clock on a Thursday night Eastern time, which is the you know the real the real time zone, then you can... <laughs> The only the only true time zone. The the one true time zone. Then you can uh, then you can go ahead and listen on your phone. And the, the app is beautiful, by the way. And it'll you can check out some of the other shows there. But really, just us. So just us doesn't matter. <laughs> we ping the once you. in future time zone. Uh-huh. <laughs> we we got Alexa out. She's Yay. there. You were bought. Yeah, she's here. Perfect. Crisp and clean. Um, so and I have a couple, a couple of, uh, quick follow-up items from two weeks ago. So when we were talking about, I, we were talking about esports with, um, with Morgan Romine and we ended up talking about why smash tournaments were like lugging CRTs to tournament venues. Mm-hmm. And we so we sent up the, the Syracuse signal and he, <laughs> he, he delivered, he, he responded delivered. It was oh. act. It's actually the, the shape of a toaster on projected onto a wall. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he can have that one. So he was, he, uh, informed us that it is in fact input lag, um, the time between when a frame comes out on the console and when it appears on the screen. And so if you were playing, was it Melee that we were talking about, mm-hmm. Maddie? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Melee, Melee was the, was the GameCube one, right? That's right. And that's the one about which people are still purists. And that was the thing that was then sort of debated on Twitter after the fact. Like we know the facts now about the TVs and how they work, but the answer to the question that I really wanted was, well, why do Smash fans in particular care so much about this? And I think it is still related to Melee fans in particular being 
very specific. (laughs) Yeah, because because you can justify it as being like, well, the the TVs are better for these reasons. But but that doesn't explain why every fighting game player has moved on to using different forms of equipment and TVs, whereas Smash Melee players are still like holding on to their dusty GameCubes and controllers and like figuring out ways to make those controllers continue to work, which Syracuse and I have talked about. I have a lot of GameCube controllers myself, and so does he. So I I don't think either of us is in a position to be <laughs> judgmental about this this practice, but I do not have a cathode ray t- tube TV. I don't have one of those. That is you. where I apparently draw the line. I actually do have one in my basement if you would like to uh, practice your melee. I don't know. I mean, I guess apparently, according to this, my, my reflexes would be off if I did that. Uh, allegedly imagine how many like 12 year olds you would be able to destroy at smash if you had a if you had a crt well that's not i don't think that would work though because um one of the bazillions of people who tweeted at me about this was was describing how they weren't familiar with the timing used on the crts and they played against some people who were familiar with it and those people kicked their butt now those people might have just been really good so (laughs) there's a lot of like factors at play there but i think even though it's theoretically faster, you still have to memorize different timing in order to move around. And that's a big part of the game. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure that it would inherently benefit you. You know what I mean? Like you would have to, you'd have to practice it still. Oh, practicing. I mean, what's the point of, of, you know, (laughs) of competing if you have to practice? I mean, that's just a waste of time. I don't even know what to tell you right now. If you don't enjoy practicing, then you literally cannot compete in any single competitive thing. So, like, says, says the person who spent 300 hours on Hearthstone. But anyway. Um, yeah, wow. right? Yeah. Are you going to compete in Hearthstone, Steve? I, I'm doing ranked. I haven't done any tournaments because I don't have enough cards to do tournaments yet. But I've, Are you I've, thinking about I've, it, though? I've considered it, but I don't think I'm there yet. You're never going to be there yet. You got to just do it anyway. Yeah. I, I feel the opposite way where I'm like, I just, I don't know. I've, I've lost horribly every tournament I've ever entered and that's fine. And I'm just like, whatever, at least I'm entering. That's good enough for me. Just even entering is like a victory in a way because it's really scary to enter. Yeah. I mean, I would kind of like to do it for the experience of doing Like I played in magic tournaments like 20 years ago when I played magic, but I haven't yeah. done anything like that since. I kind of would like to do it for the you know, the experience of doing it, but I don't, I don't have enough cards to have like more than one competitive deck at a time. And Mm. I think a lot of those, you have to have like three decks to be able to rotate depending on the format. So, but maybe, you know, by this time next year, I'll have done a tournament. We'll put that on my bucket list. And, and the other piece of follow-up is that we had a whole bunch of people send in what their video game themes were over the last two weeks. So I put together a YouTube playlist of all the songs that I'll publish um, after we're recording the show, and I'll put that in the show notes in case you need something to listen to on, uh, you know, while you're working or whatever. It's a, a, re- a lot of really good suggestions in there. Um, a lot of Final Fantasy VI and a lot of – I have to look up what else we have in there. But there's a, a bunch of good uh, a good songs in there that you can – and I just put them in together into one place. So. so let's talk about some video games. So we – before we get into any real news, we should probably talk about Ubisoft just completely going – Uh, going off the deep end with their marketing over the last couple of weeks, Um, including today where they were sending a ton of pictures of eagles that they, I guess they, they had, they let an eagle loose in London and strapped like a GoPro camera to it or something and just took (laughs) pictures 
of London from <laughs> the view of the Eagle to uh, promote Assassin's Creed Syndicate because they have the the Eagle Vision tool in the game. So they actually had sent Eagle Vision to a bunch of games but, reporters. But that's not like that's not what Eagle Vision is at all. Like you just yeah. you just <laughs> don't don't ruin it for me, Alexa. <laughs> it's not you don't get to play as an eagle although that would be really cool that would be, the uh, best. Would be a game where you're an eagle would be really cool and like rest assured the GameSpot article about this that's in the show notes at least for the moment assures the reader that that is not how eagle vision works in the game and that this is ridiculous but also like the best pictures here are just the ones of the eagle standing around like it's not even the eagle like, are, pictures like what are you doing but, to me strapping this thing on me and now making me fly around they don't show them strapping the thing on, probably because that would be a really sad picture. <laughs> How do they get the eagle back? I don't uh, know. Maybe he's he's probably trained. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, don't you do falconry or something, Georgia? Don't yeah. you know ways Eagle-ry? to get eagles back? They do not Eagle-ry? get an eagle. You don't get an eagle back. <laughs> they're they're just gone. That's it. You'd have to. You can't. Even falcons. It's really hard to train. Uh, this this one with like the other eagle like flying at it is is awesome like the it's like angry it's like why are you taking pictures and showing the humans what my what my world is like stop that i I would love to see it if the eagle then just attacked the person it was like i'm done now no it's a bird on bird fight the eagle didn't attack any people it only attacked this other bird or this other bird tried to attack it i don't know these pictures are pretty good they have absolutely nothing to do with video games (laughs) yeah yeah that's the one george is talking about it's actually a, a seagull swooping in to attack our our hero the eagle I don't I don't know. This is like very tenuously video game news, but also like the other bizarre Ubisoft news that has zilch to do with the video games that I wanted to bring up is that they did a marketing campaign for the next Far Cry where they streamed a picture of a cave painting for like six hours <laughs> and like people watched it. And nothing happened. And then, like, eventually they were supposed to announce Far Cry Primal, except that some other website in the Netherlands accidentally leaked Far Cry Primal ahead of time. IGN uh, IGN Turkey. (laughs) I didn't even know there was an IGN Turkey. Of course, there's an IGN course. in every in every single country. Yes, and they are so bad. Ask Men has secrets. infiltrated every masculinity everywhere, and therefore there is an IGN everywhere as well. Um, so <laughs> they they accidentally leaked the news, I guess, and then after the news got leaked, I don't know what Ubisoft did at that point. Like they didn't really announce the game in, in the same way. They just kind of like anticlimactically announced it, and it was sad because I kind of wanted to know what they were going to do. Like how long were they going to drag out that cave painting thing? I hope there's and dinosaurs. The eagle was going to be showing up in the cave. Yeah, well, yeah. The eagle would show up and then the eagle would guide you over to a different press release that would be about Assassin's Creed. So you could sort of be like, okay, like, am I interested in this big tentpole product or am I interested in this other tentpole product, both of which are incredibly expensive and have marketing teams with too much money and time on their hands, apparently. I don't, I don't know, guys. I have to know if this eagle is trained or if it's like just done with like a green screen. I need to know. I think it's it real. It doesn't look like a green screen. Like that seagull that looks just totally, like, absolutely <laughs> surprised to be like, I'm in London. What's an eagle doing here? Like, <laughs> oh my God, America's look- invading it. Right, right. right. <laughs> they came back. Maybe the, they just abandoned the camera i mean they clearly have too much money so maybe they just literally were like well we're gonna lose this this camera i mean cameras are pretty cheap now video back 
Well, I mean, maybe it had a Wi-Fi signal. Like maybe it was broadcasting back to them in some way. Pros do do they? I I don't know. They might. (laughs) I'm intrigued now. I mean, I think that I think that this is your first question you need to ask at Falconry School, Georgia. Is how do you get the camera back? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's it's already taken as well, a given that you're yeah. going to strap a GoPro to whatever bird you have because well, humans totally get it. crave flight. Right. That's all we have ever wanted. <laughs> so I feel like this obvious. Okay. Well, you know. I just have to ask Alexa, like, what was the reaction in the office when this packet of pictures like shows up? Uh, so that actually went to um, our UK office and was found by Timur, who's an absolute delight as you can probably tell from that uh, that article and every every i guess uk website got that package and they all looked at it and they were like oh yeah this is cool but timor because he's a goddamn genius was just like you know what <laughs> these are too good not to share and it just sort of like goes to show like some like the weird stuff that we get but like i like those those i just want to know what who was thinking who what the who was thinking who was the person in charge of thinking when they put that together? <laughs> yeah. Because like, did anybody besides you, did anybody besides you guys cover it? And like, even your no. coverage is ironic. Yeah. So clearly this was not effective. <laughs> and like, they're kind of lucky that you guys decided to cover it as a joke because otherwise no one would have like, was this just a situation where a marketing person had a lot of money and was like, I'm going to spend this on an Eagle. Like what happened? Maybe they had a leftover eagle from us from uh, Assassin's Creed Three. That was the last one, right? Right, right. Yeah, they just had like yeah. an eagle around. A spare eagle. Well, we got an extra couple months on this eagle. I guess we could <laughs> do something with it. It's just gonna go to waste. I mean, I'm glad they set the eagle free. I hope the eagle gets rid of that camera and lives a happy life in London, being the only eagle in London. I'm just looking down at these pictures, trying to see if I can see my crew walking around now. An American Eagle in London. Yeah, I mean, that's also a feature film being produced to promote Assassin's Creed, which will have a werewolf storyline. No, it won't. It'll have an eagle storyline. It's only pandas that count. Assassin's Creed and and werewolves would be actually make that mildly interesting. I don't know, man. (laughs) They put that stuff in Skyrim and it didn't have anything to do with anything. Like uh, putting weird uh, magical realism. I mean, it kind of works in Skyrim because there's already like sort of some magic there. Yeah. Just like randomly having the werewolf stuff and vampire stuff and that. I was always like, this is very strange. I guess that is literally the plot of the Order 1886 and that didn't do so well. So, oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even know because <laughs> I didn't have to subject myself. Because I, I, you didn't convince yourself that that game was still worth playing, even though after everybody said that it wasn't. So yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I have to see, see with my own lying eyes. Somebody so. has to find out whether things are really as bad as everybody says they are, and it's <laughs> it's Steve Lubitz. It turns out that Steve Lubitz is the hero of the people. I, you know, I play the Order eighteen eighty six. I play Tony Hawk five. I, you know, it's like, give me your give, bring me your tired, your poor, your crappy games yearning to breathe free. I guess I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no reply uh, to that. I don't know. That's it's hard to do. Yeah, I mean that. that's. I think that's it. I think that that we we just wrapped up Eagle Vision. Yeah. yeah. I, so I guess I guess we should. I guess we should we should then take a break before we get to talking about some non-Eagle related news and and uh, tell you that this episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, which is code for easy online payments. 
If you're a mobile app developer, you really ought to go check out Braintree. They are the payment solution that are used by companies like Uber, like Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, Munchery. And they've made the payment experiences in those apps seamless and magical. And you can add the same experience to your own app. Uh, They have excellent customer service and a very simple integration. And Braintree gets you ready to receive payments really, really quickly. Um, They have really great support. They have fast payments. And you'll be prepared with Braintree as your company grows from your first dollars to your billionth. And Braintree is also helping to solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and you can add that to your app. Uh, They give you a full-stack payment solution. They have support for every payment type your customers might want. They do PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more, all with a single integration. And it comes with you across every platform, and they throw in superior fraud protection, fantastic customer service, and fast payouts. So to learn more and to go get your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash isometric. And thank you so much to Braintree for sponsoring this show and all of Relay. Yay. Yay. Yay, I was going to say something, but I didn't want to make you have to redo anything. Okay, so. go, go ahead. <laughs> no jokes. No, no, Brain no, trade is serious I'm not, business. I'm good now. Good, yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, What though? were you going to say, Georgia? I, I, was, I was just going to be... I, I was going back to the eagle. I'm, I'm just... I was, you know... Eagle, eagle humor. <laughs> There's just so much more eagle stuff to say. There's like so many I'm more eagle jokes eagle. we could be telling. Yeah. I, I, as, as long as this is you and not your eagle twin, then we're we're okay. Oh, oh my god! Oh no! Get out. Oh, oh. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. This is it. Now none it. of us can make did eagle it. jokes. You you actually ruined it for everybody. I dad joked the hell out of the eagle. Is what Steve I just did. Steve did that one like a flyby joke. No, yeah. that was. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> oh, you know what? For marketing, we're talking about it. See, I could work for Ubisoft marketing with talents well, like that. We're only I think. talking about it because GameSpot covered it, so I feel like they deserve more credit. Like every other journalist, clearly didn't get this sweet scoop, right? I mean, we all got <laughs> sent stupid pictures of an eagle. We just made it work for us. <laughs> That's good enough, though. Uh, I mean, found, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand your plight. I understand the art of turning fluff news into a joke news thing. And it's hard, difficult, and y'all aced it. But it was an eagle ambushing a seagull in midair. Like, how could you not say that? <laughs> I, I actually think, I mean, like, real answer, everybody gets hundreds of press releases a day, and a lot of people don't read all of them. Like, I don't think that everybody opened all the pictures, right? I mean, that's got to be... Probably not, yeah. The answer here is that people were like, oh, weird, eagle, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. That's probably not a real eagle. My eyes are glazing over as I scroll through hundreds of, of emails in my inbox. I mean, like, that's my experience every day. It's got to be yours as well. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, but that's all That's all Timur. Like, we were all like, this is dumb, and Timur was like, no, this is gold. So it's all that, him. <laughs> that was like alchemy, what he did with that. With oh, he's eagles, great. <laughs> with those eagles. Uh, cool. So, so, but we really want to talk to you about this uh, this this story that you wrote last week, Alexa, about this unreleased Final Fantasy project that had yeah. uh, that had leaked out that would have been had it come to fruition the the first Final Fantasy that would have been done by a Western studio. Yes, it would have been. It was a spinoff. It was like a second sequel to Final Fantasy twelve, but it would be the first Final Fantasy game completely completely under the development of a. Uh, Western studio outside of uh, Square Enix's um, 
outside of just outside of Japan, like Square Enix's subsidiaries don't work on Final Fantasy, but this would have been the first one to be uh, helmed by a non-Japanese studio. Yeah. <laughs> and so this was going to be Grin, who was uh, responsible for some of the Bionic Commando reboots mm-hmm. is probably probably the only thing. I, I mean, I don't know how many people played Wanted Weapons of Fate or Terminator Salvation, but the uh, and even the Bionic Commando reboot in 2009 wasn't great. But was that I wonder how much was that? Do you know if that was because they were already moving on to this this other um, this Final Fantasy game or that was just, you know, completely unrelated? You mean the one that came out in 2009? Yeah. Um, yeah. So at about the time that all those games were coming out and it's like kind of like hinted at in the story, but I didn't really get into it. Um, I so I spoke with Ulf Anderson, who's one of the former heads of um, former heads of Grin and then, of course, a bunch of anonymous sources. But yeah. um, something that a lot of them corroborated was that the money from uh, Square Enix for Fortress was floating the studio. So they needed to get projects out fast, which is why in the opening of 2009, you had, you know, Bionic Commando and something else came out. And I think something else came out. They were just sort of getting stuff out the door to try to generate extra revenue so they could say, hey, like, you're not floating us when in reality they were. This basically fell apart because they were the people who they were working with locally were on the same page with them, but Japan weren't wasn't really. Is that what what ended up happening with this? So my understanding uh, through the people I talked to, and some people were really really bitter, and then I got like some really good clear like it took a lot of clearing up. Yeah, it took a lot of clearing up because I was getting a bunch of different stories. But what what it sounds like happened, and what they feel happened is they were communicating with Square Enix UK at the time. Um, and getting all of the hand downs from Japan through Square Enix UK. However, at the same time that Square Enix, U- Square Enix UK was working with Grin, they were also merging with Eidos. So you had a merger happening and you had them working with Grin on this Final Fantasy, which, um, which Japan had put at like priority one. So you've got a merger and a priority one game that's going on. And somewhere in the mix, Square UK didn't really communicate to Grin as often or as clearly as they should have. So when Square Japan came in, I think it was in like June and they said, all right, show us Fortress. They showed, they showed them the game and Square Japan went, this isn't what we've been asking you for the past four or five months. Like, what is this? Like what's going on? Which is where the art style came into. um, The big thing was the art style. They wanted it to look Nordic and Japan was like, this doesn't really look like Final Fantasy XII. Can you make it look a little more like something in Ivalice? And like, if you read the story, like Grin had a really good idea for like, oh, this is a new country. But um, yeah, big communication breakdown. Um, Square UK sort of, I guess, dropped the ball on that one. And um, they just pulled revenue. Sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really sad sad story. It looks, it looks really, really cool. Like, yeah. I uh I talked to when I talked to Ulf like he wasn't bitter and he wasn't sad he just sort of like talked like you know when you have like the way he so the way that he talked about Fortress is like you the way you would talk about an ex that like you're kind of still friends with but you don't really talk a lot but you just still really really care about them but accept that it's never ever going to work out like that periphery like ex in your life and yeah because it's not like they can reuse any of this stuff like it it's over yeah. for them yeah, and he like he's gone on like him and uh, his brother Bo, who both headed Grin. Uh, he went on to found um, Overkill Software. They made Payday. 
they did like a bunch of stuff and now Ulf is working on a uh, it's like a European indie collective and that he's the head of right now cool. but um when I was talking to him he sent me a photo one day of a bunch of boxes that he's like oh like I found these in my mother's basement I'll get back to you in two weeks and they all just had like grin and then like like the years like 2008 2009 like scribbled on the side of the boxes um so he actually went through like all of their old documents and he oh, sent wow. me he sent me um all the artwork that we put on the site and the storyboard which was really interesting and he went through the storyboard with me and um a bunch of like their milestone documents which i can't like legally publish in full but they are like it looks really interesting like that game was pretty far along for six months but the big thing continued to be like the art style and the communication breakdown like i think that game would have looked like really really cool and he feels the same way but in the end i think with the funding and everything it was probably easier to let it go than trudge ahead yeah 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 so do you get the do you get the the feeling like Square would ever try anything like this again? Like would they ever let Final Fantasy out of Japan and let a, a Western studio try to have another crack at this and kind of take a take a Western approach to Final Fantasy? Or is this kind of like they had their one experiment and they're they're done now? Like we're not doing this again. It's my understanding, like if you've been following development for 15, it, they're really they're trying really really hard to give the game less of like a I don't want to call it a Japanesey feel because that feels like I'm reducing it to one thing, but they're giving it less of a less of a a Japanesey feel, I guess. Um, they're they're trying to make it a little more Western. They're trying to add a lot more like worldliness to it. Like, oh, this is a product of Japan, but it's but it's still it still sort of incorporates elements that we would identify with more more readily. Um, something and a lot of people have really noticed or have pointed out is one of the main characters it absolutely looks is Caucasian while the rest of them are very Asian looking. The blonde kid, he's like he's got like a freckled face and his eyes are really big and round and he's very much like very much looks like a Westerner. And uh, a lot of the countries that they represent in the game, like they have a place represented on Cuba and they a lot of the um, sort of cultural stuff, a lot of the way that the guys interact with each other and the stuff with the car is very much like a Western thing, like Western dudes in cars, like that's big, right? So they're trying really, really hard to be a little more like global in the influences that they take. So I don't think if they're doing that sort of endeavor internally, I don't think that they would maybe reach out to, you know, Idos Montreal or another Western studio and say, hey, like you want to take Final Fantasy? I think after this thing with Grin, and I think after the strange debacle that was the Final Fantasy thirteen saga, I think they're yeah. trying to hold it. Yeah, I think they're trying to hold it a little closer to their chest because thirteen, like I know people were like, yeah, Lightning Returns is okay, and thirteen two is okay, but I think that 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 particular thing lost a lot of love with franchise fans, with people that were maybe you know like getting interested in the series, dragging out versus thirteen Final Fantasy fifteen for ten years. And sort of keeping that development very close to their chest and then being very sort of all over the place with 13. Um, I think it lost a lot of trust and I think they're trying to build it back. And I think the only way they can do that is if they, I think the only way they can let themselves do it is if they say, okay, we have to do this ourselves and just keep it in house. So I'm not entirely sure. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, um, after my story went up, I had, uh, I, a fair number of anonymous sources reach out to me and say, hey, you might want to look into Gearbox. And I'm like, what do you mean Gearbox? What do you mean? And apparently uh, Square was working was working with Gearbox on an IP. It was either 2010 or 2011. That was, I heard, perhaps a Square Enix IP. And the plug was also pulled after a six-month uh, oh. repro. So I'm trying to figure out what that IP was 
because I mean, who the hell knows? You have Platinum. I We just posted a story today. Um, I was at Platinum Games last month and they told me that Near 2 or Near New Project or whatever you want to you want to call it was a pitch that they came up with in-house, pitched to Square, and Square gave it to them, and they're actually heading all development at Platinum Games with the director of the previous Nier's involvement. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, I know Nier is like a cult classic among a bunch of people. It's not like a mainstream beloved thing, but but the people who like it really, really like it. So Yeah, so they're letting another Japanese studio work with one of their IP, like a total outside Japanese studio work on their yeah. IP, which I think is cool. So maybe this could open the floodgates. But like it's still having the same writers, like part of it and stuff. Uh, a new writer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The writer is at Platinum. He was like this random, this random designer who was like a big near fan and like wrote a near to fan fiction. And uh, head of the studio said, oh, Square Enix is coming in and we should probably pitch something to them and lo and behold this guy's like oh i have a near idea so they pitched it to them and they were like yeah this is cool let's do it and they assigned taro yoko who's the dragon guard and original near director to just work with them and the whole team is at platinum taro said in an interview in an interview with me during e3 he's like my job's basically done like they're writing the game they're working on like he's like here's a character i want please put them in the game and like that's it so it's mostly platinum so i guess it's probably a little bit easier for them to take a chance with something like near that even though it is a classic it's not it's not like final fantasy i mean that's that's the square game that they're you know they're synonymous with it's a little bit easier for them to you know take one of the i mean you know even if they were to hand like kingdom hearts over like that even that (laughs) never yeah i mean (laughs) that's an amura joint yeah i mean even if you know they wouldn't but even if they were to do that that would even be more acceptable than like handing over final fantasy i would imagine oh yeah yeah they're very precious with it It, it's so important if they're gonna make a a game that they do a a good job so like if the game was like it looks absolutely epic but you know if ever they when they you know you go through a game if it's not gonna be up to your standards you know the brand is worth more so even through yeah. my sadness, if it wasn't going to turn out the way that they'd be happy with it, I understand pulling it. Yeah, that story though, like probably the the saddest the saddest piece to put together was uploading all of those storyboard pieces and They're adding so in gorgeous. adding in the accompanying narrative part. Like you have this romance that falls apart, and like the idea of like like the guy at the end getting getting Will Turnered, like. Like at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. where Will, <laughs> Will, Will Turner, Turner becomes the becomes the captain of the ship. Like they drag him, they dra- he gives his life, and then they drag him away, and he becomes like the new king of the sea or whatever. Like it's sort of really sad, considering that that particular character. I didn't like Final Fantasy twelve at all. I totally hated it. But like that one character, like has such like a really sad arc and just such a sad life, and having it end in such a sad, awful way, like <laughs> gut punch. Like I think it would have been like really powerful. It was sad. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, and I mean, the art from it is just gorgeous. I mean, this, this sketch of the fortress looks almost like something out of Lord of the Rings even. Oh, it's so and cool. It's, it's beautiful. And it's, it's a shame. I mean, obviously it might, it probably wouldn't have necessarily looked like that in the real game, but it's still like they had a really good vision for it. And it's a shame that it kind of just fell apart the way that it did. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people sort of like commented or came up to me and were like, why are, why should we care about a game that got canceled in 2009? Like, why are you writing about this story? And I'm like, I don't think it would be half as interesting as it is if it didn't have Final Fantasy attached right. to it. Yes. Yeah. That's so, a good point. Yeah. I mean, games get canceled all the time, but not, 
you know, they're not all Final Fantasy games. And especially something like this where they were trying to do something different and then it just ended up not working out. But Well, yeah. also I think that's kind of a naive comment because it, it sort of ignores the fact that a lot of times the only way that a journalist can get these stories is when a game gets canceled. So, like, the only insight that we really have... Is, is in these scenarios. And this is actually like how we learn about people's experiences, whether they're positive or negative, because a lot of people sign contracts that prevent them from speaking at all about their projects. Yeah. So even, even sometimes when the projects are successful, people will never speak ill about them or really share pertinent details because in an ongoing successful project, those resources could get used again. And also you want to stay on good terms with everybody within the industry because it's kind of a small world and like obviously you don't want to badmouth anybody and like even in this story nobody's mm. like badmouthing square but like this is a unique situation where people can actually open up about the process of making a game how difficult it actually is how many resources can seemingly be wasted i mean those are the realities of game development that a lot of people i i don't think know <laughs> like I, I think people like literally don't know how much time it takes to do this stuff. I mean, that's oh, yeah. something we talk about on the show a lot, right. like right. how much it costs to make games and how much time it takes to make a game of this scale, like how many employees there were that were involved. And like, that is the sort of detail that unfortunately we usually only hear about with canceled games or failed studios. And even then a lot of times it's anonymous sources still like the, the gearbox thing, like nobody was willing to go on the record for you yet. But hopefully somebody will. But but it, it's I mean, Gearbox is still a company that's kicking and maybe will want to work with Square someday. So it might even be too hard for you to get the story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, the people that I eventually got in touch with were like I had to like hunt them down through LinkedIn, through other people on LinkedIn. And then finally someone put me in touch with Ulf and I was like you don't have an NDA? Like, can I, can I name yeah. you? And he's like, and he was like, eh, what, what year is it? 2015? Yeah, whatever. It's been like six years. <laughs> That's great. But I mean, it, it's, I got it, lucky. you literally have to wait like over five years in some yeah. of these cases because the contract will be that long before they're even allowed to talk about this stuff. So it seems yeah. like really old news to us, but we would unfortunately not be able to write a story like this about anything current. Right. So I don't know. I mean, that's like a games industry problem, I guess. But yeah. Anyway, six, uh, six years from now, look forward to my story on Silent Hills. Oh my God. Oh gosh, <laughs> that yeah. story. Oh, oh my God. I can't years, even. In six years, I'm waiting. In six yeah. years, I'm I waiting. might finally be even partially over it. Like, I don't even think I could deal with that story right yeah. now. Konami couldn't turn it into a pachinko machine, the end. That's <laughs> yeah, like the fact that whatever. We didn't even it's, talk about that on the show, though? I don't think. But that is that is the thing is all these games you get so invested in, you're so excited about, everyone's waiting, it's like a sure thing and then gone. It's, yeah. So it's, yeah. You get this really emotional reaction because we are already invested. Like we're already there with the game, in the demos, yeah. in the pictures and you can like you, you get this feeling of how good something will be, and then to have it taken away, it really is sad. Like I, list, I watched the, uh, someone else go through like the little playthrough like twice. It was so entertaining. And then, did uh, did you see that recent? Like no one is more sad about this game cancellation than uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh my did you God. see that yes. that recent interview where he's like, "Can I can I swear? Is that allowed?" Well, I can bleep it out. Go ahead. Oh, he's like <laughs> he said he said it makes it makes no fucking sense at all. 
<laughs> like, like he's just he's just so like so yeah. Angry like the quotes that he has said about Silent Hills are just so incredibly depressing. Like he he has said that he believes that he's cursed and that he feels like he can never work on a game with anybody again or their lives will be destroyed. Like he he's like is on that level of melodramatic about how poorly his experiences in games have gone and like i don't know i i find it really sad because pt was so cool and like i don't know whatever yeah. anyway well there was yeah. that that game that was uh i forget what the name of it was there was a game that was like the spiritual successor to pt that had allison a kickstarter Rowe? yeah allison road that had a kickstarter and then they canceled the kickstarter because team 17 acquired them so yeah. at least right. somebody's kind of picking up the mantle of that at least, but it's not Silent Hill. But it won't be like yeah. Kojima and like, yeah, it won't be the same. Yeah. Well, but, may, but maybe at least you can pre-order Sad. it when it comes out. So, oh, because- oh <laughs> nice segue. Are we talking about that? I, guess- I, I can't even remember what we decided on. Apparently people are still pre-ordering for no good reason. And game pre-orders, despite the fact that we have things like, like Assassin's Creed Unity and, Tony Hawk Five. People are still are pre-ordering twenty five twenty four percent more than they were last <sighs> year. I don't understand how that can be true. I, I don't know how Adobe Analytics is doing this this sentiment analysis. Mm. I would love to know because this is like what I do for a day job. I would love to know how they're figuring that out. But apparently, the uh, the emotion that was most associated with pre-orders was sadness. Then don't do <laughs> it. Just don't do it. Put that. Put that. Uh. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing i just that's sixty dollars is like six burritos in san francisco and like 600 chicken nuggets or something like go spend that money on something else if you're gonna be sad about it use that sixty dollars to do literally anything else <laughs> it makes no sense because there's so much information available now about exactly what games are going to be like there's more information than there's ever been now that let's plays exist there's literally no reason to purchase a game unless you're sure you want it like and and everybody was like oh let's players are going to destroy game sales and the economy failing is going to destroy game sales and and so on and so forth games are dying blah blah but apparently not i apparently not apparently people are still pre-ordering at friggin GameStop even i don't know where these pre-orders are happening terrible i hate i hate GameStop and i will take any excuse to take them down but but it is probably digital you're probably right yeah because, I mean, people are so obsessed with getting it preloaded so that they can play it. Like, they have, like, I, I saw something today, like, we're, record, we're recording this on uh, on the 15th. And, like, there's our, Halo 5 is already starting to download to some people's Xboxes. Because wow. it's, it's what, it's like a 12 gig download or something like that. It's, it's yep. something ridiculously large and it's already, or I guess, actually 12 gigs isn't that big. It's probably bigger than that. But, um, but yeah, so people are trying 1, to get this. 1,200 gigs. 1,200, 12 billion gigs <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, it's like 12 terabytes don't i don't worry know about it. yeah, it's it's you know it's it's just like a whole data center that just has to come down to your house but apparently also star wars battlefront is pre preloading is now available on xbox one for star wars battlefront which comes out in a month oh uh, so well, the beta is <laughs> out the beta is out so that kind of makes sense to me like they probably completed a lot of that stuff and they're just kind of fine-tuning at this uh, point yeah i mean probably. they could have ju- it could have just been part of the beta that they're yeah you know, yeah Maybe I don't know. I I don't know why that's different for me. But I, I is there a beta for Halo Five? There's not, right? I no. I doubt it. So that seems weirder to me because it's like you've got it on your system, but you can't even do anything. That's very strange. 
video games are weird, guys. <laughs> like <laughs> the digital age has made video games really weird. <laughs> it has created some strange problems. If I get a discount on it, if you get a discount for pre-ordering, like that's one thing. But other than that, like if you're if it's not costing you less money, I, I you know I don't know. They throw you a you know a digital outfit or whatever. I, and, I don't think that's why people do it. I I yeah. think. I think you, I think Steve, you said something that like started to get at it. Uh, Like it's the fear of missing out, right? Like people are so excited that they just want to be part of it on day one. And they're so worried that they're going to somehow miss out. (laughs) that They're like, I have to get it now so that it's already ready. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's better than standing outside of a GameStop in like, you know, 30 degree weather at midnight to wait for. Which I've done in my lifetime. And so I I can't be too judgmental about that. But I did that in in my youth, in my youthful naivety. What was the last one you did that for? Smash. Smash Bros. Ah. Um, But, and this kind of counts because I covered it, but like I did cover the starcraft 2 gamestop event although i i got a free copy because i was working by that time as a game reviewer so then i never really had to do it again like i think smash was like one of the last examples of like a game that i was really excited about but i wasn't um full-time as a journalist yet plus it was brawl and then that was like kind of disappointing but (laughs) i mean i was excited (laughs) at the time i was excited at the time so it was worth it but um but yeah, by the time I was I was like covering stuff, I didn't really have to worry about it anymore. I could just go to the midnight events and interview people and then go home and have already installed my download code that was emailed to me by a PR person because I was a spoiled brat by that by that point. But but I mean I remember like, you know, not working as a journalist yet and still still doing that stuff. But that was like a social experience, right? Like you're waiting outside the store with your friends. This yeah. is not that. This is not <laughs> the same as that. This well, is I like guess if you're if you're all waiting to play the game at midnight, you know, maybe it is kind of a social experience to some extent. Why do you maybe. have to be the first to play it at midnight? Go to sleep. Yeah. Wake up in the morning. Yeah. God, yeah. fix it I, like I, the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> no, I don't know either. Like that's why it's never been appealed to me. Like the midnight release thing like happened like after I was already working. And it's so like, well, I can get this at midnight, but then I'm just gonna have to go home and go to sleep. Right. It's like, well, I or I could just go to you know sleep at a normal hour, then go to work and go pick it up after work, and then actually play it and enjoy it while my eyes are open. So it's I, I don't know. It's never really appealed to me though. I have been I have waited outside of a Target at about five o'clock in the morning for the chance to get a Wii when that was. Oh yeah, a thing. I did that multiple times, yeah, and I, so I, I I can't remember if I've talked about this on the show. We probably have before about like waiting for the Wii multiple times and having to. I feel like we've had this conversation. Oh, people don't understand. They don't understand <laughs> kids these days. Yeah, Maureen was pregnant at the time, and we were both staying. This was her, her idea, uh, too. wow. Her idea, not mine. No, like, I'm, no I'm room at the end situation? Yeah, you yeah. guys had to, like, put the Wii in a manger and stuff. Yeah, like, so. Feeling very sorry for yourselves. Well, you know, that was, I was convinced that was the last console I was ever going to buy once the kids came around because I wasn't going to have any money for it. And then, and so we stood outside, like, two different big box stores in separate lines at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. It's hilarious that you thought that, like, knowing current day Steve. I know. Be- where, like, you own everything still and you, like, have three kids. I mean, I don't know how that's working out. Yeah. I'm really sad. I'm sad that you lived in a universe where you thought the Wii was your last chance. I know. I know. I, know. I chose and like, so the poorly. The opposite has happened. Did you choose poorly? Oh, I mean, I first of all, the poorly. Wii was amazing, so you didn't choose poorly. No, the Wii was not amazing at launch. What are, what are you talking about? 
It you had was, such a Wii U. You know what this is? <laughs> no, I'm I wasn't that. I wasn't that bad. But I was you, already I was already jaded by the time the Wii U came around, came out, and I needed a couple of years. You to didn't it to come play around. Twilight Princess when the Wii came out. I I tried, and I you know I don't like the 3D Zelda games very much though. Okay, okay. So so it's like I, you know I'm I'm just coming around to Wind Waker now, and I I tried what? to play Twilight Princess, and I know well I I got frustrated. Twilight with Princess this. isn't one of the best ones, but no. I remember being excited about it at the time. Yeah, that 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 was long ago yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily be excited about it now but, but i do remember that being a big deal then yeah but once after that there was like nothing for like a year after that and it was you know and i would look at i was in a group of people who were playing on the xbox at the time and they were all playing you know bioshock or whatever was coming out in like 2007 and i'm like okay well i can i can play wii sports again yay <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, it looks yeah. like we lost Georgia for a little bit, but hopefully she will come back. Apparently, yeah, we're waiting for her to come back. If anybody's wondering why she's been so incredibly quiet, yeah. that's why she didn't completely lose her voice. Do we want to go on, or do we want to keep talking about the Wii wistfully? Let's talk about uh, how you haven't played Wind Waker. No, no, I have. No, I have <laughs> actually. No, I I rage oh, quit. Man. I rage quit Wind Waker on the GameCube. Is what happened. Because of the what sailing, part the, did you quit? Oh, the sailing. The is, sailing, yeah, the sailing towards the end when I was just sailing forever, and I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like, yeah, the yeah. sailing, but the sailing, like, if you got through the sailing, you could get through everything. That yeah. game tested you to make sure that you really, really wanted to be there with it. Yeah. Well, so now what happened is that on the Wii U, the kids like the sailing, so I've kind of outsourced <laughs> that to them. So they will do they'll do the sailing and I'll sit there and check Twitter until they're done. So that's <laughs> that's kind of worked out for everybody. Weird. And, and one of the twins is actually we got away from it because we just ended up playing something else. and We've just started getting back to that <gasps> again. So do we want to talk a little bit about this letter? Yeah, that so sad. Did you guys yeah. play? Everybody's gone to the rapture. I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, it was on my list. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I've heard that it's really, really good. It's so good, but it's so full of pain and like sorrow, like genuine sorrow, like and everything from like the script to the way it's laid out to the soundtrack, which Jessica Curry also she composed the music like that whole experience is just so incredibly painful and it makes you think terrible things about yourself and the people around you. It's a very good game. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like exactly the kind of game that Steve would enjoy, actually, because Steve likes a sad game. Steve Steve enjoys uh, this war of mine. I really don't. I just play. Th- I don't know why I play them, but I don't actually enjoy them. But well, not enjoy yeah. is the wrong word. Yeah, but um, I end up drawn to that kind of game for some reason, which is funny because I don't like that kind of television. But you should play. Everybody's gone to the rapture then. Yeah, I should get around to that because I've heard that it's fantastic, but it was so she so uh, Jessica Curry posted this goodbye letter it's a uh, goodbye letter yeah because um, she's she's resigning from the studio and it, it's it's heartbreaking both talking about how a lot of the you know a lot of the stress from from being online along with some some physical health issues that are kind of feeding off each other and and how being a woman in the industry is kind of added to all that and that she's just not able to do it anymore and it yeah. was it was really very sad and you know and, and she's not someone who has been really at the forefront of a lot of the the nastiness that's been going on that we've talked about obviously on but i mean like as yeah. her letter indicates you don't even really have to be right just being a woman who exists in the industry it it 
there's like a level of that that you're just going to endure no matter what. Right, right. And the stuff that she describes um, is like a really good example of that kind of microaggression stuff that we we try to describe on yeah. the show. But a lot of times it's really hard to kind of come up with examples of how that works. And like in, in a vacuum, each of these examples is like, well, why is that bothering you so much? But it all kind of adds up and becomes part of this huge culture that just says your work doesn't matter. And like, like the example that stuck out to me, I mean, it's like a long post and it's worth reading all of it, but um, she's talking about all these times when um, her, she works with her, her husband at the company. And like, there were just so many instances where he would get credit for her ideas or people would just, assume that he had done something without even asking if she had done it, but like it was work that she had done or that he wasn't even involved in per se. And like, she was like, part of that is maybe because like we're married, but it's also just sexism. Like people just assume that she isn't an integral part of the company, but she runs it. (laughs) And like like the fact that she's referred to like as his wife in articles. Yes. Yes. That's another example. But like the one that the one that I kept thinking of was like, people just referring to him over and over. And it, it reminded me, I mean, I'm not going to like share these people's names, but like a different friend of mine who works with her husband at a company was sharing with me, like before I even read this letter was like sharing with me an identical experience, this letter. So then reading it was really weird where like she works at a tech company and like they're keeping scenarios where people will compliment him on something that they did together and like not remember or seem to know that she did it. And like that, (laughs) I just, it was so frustrating to hear about it. And then to like read it again in this letter and be like, Oh, this is probably that something that happens with anybody who works with, or is in a relationship with somebody who's in their industry. Like that's clearly just a thing, but also like the impact of having to constantly stand up for yourself to your own partner is really hard too. to be like calling out your partner and being like, uh, can you please keep reminding people that I did this work? Like, it's like an extra layer of awkwardness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you want to like speak to that, Alexa, because like I don't date within this industry. Oh, but oh I know are we going there? To. I knew this was Sure, coming. if you want. I knew I this know. was coming. I'm sorry. We can edit all this out if you don't want to answer it. No, no, it's totally fine. Like, like we like, so I'm PSA, I'm dating Miss Shire at IGN. Um, it's been like almost two years. Um, we're very open about it. Like, I don't, have anything to hide he doesn't have anything to hide we work for different companies like we both like games yeah it doesn't, it but doesn't is there really ever matter. like a situation where people like conflate like yes. they just assume that you're not part of the industry and stuff and um like in the in the in the beginning when like we were like we would be at e3 together we'd be at pax prime together like we would be at some event and we'd show up together and um you know we would introduce each other to the people that we didn't know and uh in the beginning mitch would say oh this is my girlfriend Oh. And I would, and I would stick my hand out and I would say, this is my girlfriend, Alexa. And I'd go, hi, I write for, I, well, I met him when I was still at Polygon, but it was like, oh, I, where I'm at Polygon or hi, I work for GameSpot. But yeah, bless his, bless his heart. And like, he was really good about it, but I corrected him and I'm like, Hey, when you, when you introduce me, can you in, just don't introduce me as your girlfriend? I think they'll figure it out when like you, you know, put your arm around my shoulders that we're together. Like, so just like in like introduce me as normal. So we had to have that conversation and there'll be conversations where like, we will we'll be, we will be in like a group setting, like say at the figgity three or we'll be at an event and we'll have just finished playing a game and someone will either, will either like make a joke or, or say something 
say something to me, like, like joking, like, oh, like maybe you should stop by the studio or whatever. And, uh, I will never forget it. Mitch said to, I think it, I don't remember who the developer was, but I remember where we were. And he's like, Hey, back off my girl. And he said it as a joke. And in front of these two people that were talking to us, I turned to him and I was like, super unprofessional. Like I'm working here. Don't ever say that again in front of other people. And it was sort of like, he was a little embarrassed, but like, I'm very, very like fierce and protective about the fact that like, I'm an independent person. Like my success was not, was not, and was never dependent on him. Like we're not a unit. I work for a different company and I function, um, you know, on my own, but there have been times where we've been at an event or been somewhere together and people will only address him. Mm-hmm. Sort of like yeah. I sort of like I'm not there and they'll be talking to him about about X game that hasn't been announced yet or X whatever. And then they'll sort of remember I'm there and then go, oh, like, don't like don't say anything. Don't say anything. And then keep talking to him, at which point I will walk away without saying without excusing myself from the conversation. Um, but no, I definitely understand what she's saying. I haven't unfortunately haven't been in the in in the um, in the position where I'm working with the person that I am with. But working in the same industry, it's definitely it's definitely hard. Like, I don't want to have to hide anything, but at the same time, like I function independently and like, I'm not, I'm not in a unit. I'm a very different person. Like I get all of my, um, I get all of my like scoops myself. I do all of my research myself. We had people, uh, not sort of along the same line, not with my significant other, but with my male colleagues, we had people, um, uh, accuse me of taking work done by my colleagues at GameSpot, uh, like interviews that my other colleagues have done and then just collating them into that fortress story. Like we had two very loud people saying like, Oh, you plagiarized. And then some, a few others saying, Oh, well, all she did was take work done by the other people at GameSpot. Like she didn't write this. And so God bless like my male colleagues. They like came to my rescue and were like, Wait, nope, why she... did they even say that though? Right? What? I don't know. Like, Oh, like she <laughs> did like, she did all of this work herself. And the reasoning behind the reasoning behind that is like, I don't really do one-off interviews. I do like bigger features. Like I did the Tomb Raider story this week was a big feature. It wasn't like a small interview, but um, they were like, Oh, she doesn't do big interviews. So like we assumed that like you guys did all the work and it's like, wow, like you don't even think like, but it's your byline. Like they wouldn't, that's not like there would have been other names in the byline. If anybody besides you had helped. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, wouldn't they like take a lot of offense at not being included, not getting any credit for the story if you did right. that? I mean, that would be a huge scandal, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Really also, it would literally <laughs> never happen. Like, it's like I an know. absurd thing. Like, what? Like, yeah. that's like inventing something just to to claim that you didn't. Uh, yeah, no, no. Okay. It's very, it's very weird. But I've like seen both sides of it, and I completely. When I read her letter, like, I completely, completely um, em- empathize with it, and what really hurt was seeing her read how like, you know, women, I'm paraphrasing, but she said, you know, like women, like in the industry, we're going to fight this war, but I'm not going to win this battle, which is her tapping out. And it just broke my heart. I know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That part was really rough. I it's, it's a, it's a sad letter, but it's also really, really beautiful and well-written and like worth reading. So if you, if you click on anything in our show notes, I hope it's, I hope it's that just cause I yeah. think it's worth sharing. Um, and there's some good stuff in there too. And at the very least it's a list of her credits, essentially, like it's her listing all of the work that she did on the game. And, um, I didn't know about a lot of that and it's, it's really sad that I didn't know that stuff, but I, I didn't know. And so 
even just reading it for that reason is really cool to just be like, okay, well, this is like my way of giving her credit is like going here and reading this and, and remembering like how much work she did, even though she's leaving now. Yeah. And she's also, I think uh, she mentioned it in her letter. She also is, she's really sick. Like she has. Yeah. She has um, like a debilitating illness. Yeah. I don't think she said what it is, but there's, it's like um, something that just gets worse and worse. uh, So it's like a debilitating one. Whatever that, whatever the term is for yeah. that. But the amount of like, stri- like if you play, like she did the whole soundtrack for Rapture and like if you play that game, like knowing that she like took three years or however many years out of her life, like de- like battling that illness and also making this game, like like mm-hmm. my yeah. hat, like applause, like hats off to you. Like you, yeah. Yeah. despite everything, you managed to make this beautiful thing. And I think there's a lot of, there's a like we tend to overlook stuff like that. Like I don't know, like off the top of my mind, there's a writer at um, Game Informer. I don't know if you know her, Kim Wallace. And she's an amazing, amazing writer. Like does all, half their cover stories in a year, like is a total badass. And she has lupus and she's very open with the fact that like she has a tough time covering shows and she has a tough time, you know, just getting through a normal work week. But the work she does is astounding. So it's always is very uplifting and very like. I don't know, like sort of heartwarming to see these people being like, I'm not going to let this crap get me down. I'm still going to make something beautiful for you. So, yeah, I mean, she yeah. said that it nearly killed her doing the final mix in L.A. for the game. And, and you know, I yeah. mean, that's, you know, there's only so many times you can do that. And, you know, especially when you do know that your time is limited. Like, you know, I can't imagine what that feeling like that was going through, like, you know, knowing that you want to finish this thing, but also knowing that, it, you know, the the toll that it's taking on you physically and knowing that you have limited time left. I mean, uh, that's sort yeah. of the message of yeah. everybody's gone to the rapture. It sort of talks a lot about limited time and how we treat people and what we do with what we have left and knowing ourselves. So it's sort of all comes for full circle. I absolutely recommend playing it. And the soundtrack is on Spotify. Is it like the kind of thing where I'm going to play it and just cry like a baby the whole time? Is it that kind of game? Cause I'm not saying I won't play it. And just I'm just yeah. preparing myself it's, emotionally. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sad. I finished it's a six hour game and I finished it and had to sit like in a dark room for a while. Like it's very wow. it's very, wow. very very it's very, very powerful. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't <laughs> okay. think I can do that. Play it alone. All right. Don't play I'll give it, it with a other shot. people. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Oh. I'll I probably will too, because it sounds like the kind of game that I'll do to myself, but it's uh that's true steve this is the game that's right up your yeah, alley. yeah. steve like we're like painting steve as a total masochist on this show but i think that's accurate no, I, I, think, I think it's actually just true play yeah it. yeah steve, you'll play those really heart-wrenching games i yeah. i <laughs> try to play you know what it is is that i try to play games that i don't know if i'm gonna like or not because I, I love that that's great you know, especially with the whole ADD thing and getting diagnosed with ADD, I don't know what I like and what I don't and how much is that. And so I just try a bunch of stuff because I figure that maybe this will be the time that I like it. And right. so I just try a whole bunch of stuff if it sounds interesting. And sometimes I kind of take a bullet for everybody else when it's something like Tony Hawk and I just get sad because <laughs> I think of, I think, of, I think of like that, I think of like 10 year old 10 years ago, Steve, like playing Tony Hawk three in my one bedroom apartment after college and Aww. like. You know, wanting to go back there and like, yeah, no, this is not this is not the Tony Hawk that I used to play at all, ever. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Hawk didn't go through the floor in uh, (laughs) back on the GameCube. It's a pretty cool trick, though. Or did he? Maybe he did. I don't know. Those glitches were the best part. 
Yeah, it was entertaining at least, like seeing him go through the wall or go flying out into the air and on a like a little wipeout. But I kind of enjoy games like that. I I don't know if I'd get into Tony Hawk, but I I have played other games. There was one that I think was called Damnation. That was like a weird steampunk game that no one but me played, and it was like super <laughs> glitchy. And I remember really enjoying the glitches. I think it was called Damnation. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I could. <laughs> I'm surprised because I could see you getting like hardcore into Tony Hawk. Ah. Uh, but you were you were you were you were focusing on your car on your Counter Strike career at that point, though. I was focusing on my Counter Strike career. Also, I think um, I just inherently placed Tony Hawk in the category of sports games, oh, and yeah. I was going through the I don't know twenty five year aspect of my life where I was like, "Jocks are mean," <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't outgrow until and I like became. That, I will not play any of their games. Yes, I was like, "That's right. that's not for me." I I'm going to play this game where I kill people in the military, which is definitely not what jocks do. Yeah. I didn't think it out very far. <laughs> Even though like sk- skateboarders are like the complete opposite of jocks and like everything they stand well, for. Well, but- that's true, but those guys definitely didn't like me in high school either. So <laughs> screw them. Okay. Fair enough. I guarantee that you're way cooler than everyone you went to high school with is right now. So that's, that's probably okay. true. But <laughs> the the other half of that is that I'm still terrified of all those people, and I've never been to a reunion ever. And I like don't have any of them friended on Facebook. And if I ran into any of my high school boys now, I would still like run away. I'm like they probably feel I have no about interest it. in talking to any of those people and finding out if they've changed. I, I'm exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. And I I haven't been to back to a reunion. I have Steve and I are like always sharing our traumatic yeah. high school <laughs> stories on oh, the show. Yeah. I, we, can I join the traumatic high school? Yes, yeah. by oh all God. means. That's what this show is. It's just like therapy and Georgia listens. <laughs> that's, and that's the only reason why they have me here. Well, <laughs> you know, that that and the that and the gecko stuff. But yeah, right, that right, and right, that right. and Georgia telling us all we're geckos or whatever. That was <laughs> last week. Super cool. That is they're so cool. Anyways, whatever. Anyway, Alexa, tell your story, oh. and, then, and then then we can finish then, it out. Then, yeah, then we can go on to what we're playing. Yeah. yeah. Wait, my sad high school story? Yeah, oh. yeah, sad, yeah. Tell us sad high school story. She's oh, like, I, I didn't think you guys were serious. <laughs> I was just, oh my God, I hope none of them, well, some of them are probably listening. I don't really care. I was bullied a lot. <laughs> like, I was, like, traumatically, like, PTSD bullied, like, all throughout my, my undergraduate non-college education, and I had, like, girls make fun of my hair and spit in my hair, spit gum in my hair, uh, uh, rip my clothes, steal things from my desk and vandalize my belongings. I was really into Pokemon and I will never forget that like the most popular girl in, uh, the, like in sixth grade, most popular girl in the class, like stole my Pikachu and returned it. And she had written all over it in black Sharpie. Oh my God. God. And when I, Oh yeah. And when I went to the teacher and I was like, she did this, the teacher, the teachers didn't care because the parents were like the PTO moms or whatever. And she was like, well, don't bring those things to school if you don't want someone to ruin them. And I was like, God, Oh, that's horrible. That was like the era of time when teachers didn't care. Like I tell people similar stories and like telling the teacher and the teacher would be like, I literally don't care. Like that yeah. was like what the reaction was during yeah. when we were growing up for sure. Yeah. yeah like when I was, when I was in high school, like they, if you got into a fight, it didn't matter if you were just defending yourself. Like yeah. you were your fault and you're going, you're going out for a week too. And like, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I no. think that's actually changing now, hopefully. But when we were growing up, it was definitely like it was you are a round peg and you need to be hammered into the square hole no <laughs> yeah. matter what. High school was pretty bad. But like in like the past year, a bunch of them have friended me on Facebook. And what? it's mostly. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, my 10 year reunions coming up, but they found me on Facebook 
and most of their uh, or they have run into or or they remained in my small town uh, where they have mm. run into my mother and they have said to my my wonderful mother oh i saw that alexa is now like internet famous and i'm like what they're like yeah she writes for a website now and like all of the people that have friended me on Facebook, like maybe 90% of them are guys who never gave me the time of day and are now like, whoa, dude, you're for GameSpot? Like, are you getting, are you getting, are you getting Halo early? And then they, they, de- they, they, I've, 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 oh unf- I've unfriended like 20 of them in the past three months because they like to DM me about new games. Like they want to talk about it. They want to talk oh. about Destiny. Oh, See, this They're is like, why hey. I don't friend any of these people because I yeah. don't even want to know. Right. I don't and even like, want to talk to them. And I'm like, fuck all of you. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> that is a good reaction because yeah. that's really mean that they're only yeah. now getting back yeah. in touch with you because they want something. Like, that's not even really genuine. Can you be uh, a little bit more transparent? Like, they, yeah. they like called me ugly and told me I was like a geek and like yeah, made fun of me. Yeah, but now you've grown up and you've taken off your glasses and let down your hair and you host videos on GameSpot. So <laughs> now they all want to be with you and ask you to the reunion prom or whatever. Just like go watch, <laughs> go watch Romy and Michelle's high school reunion and like feel vindicated and better about yourself. I recently rewatched that. It's a great movie. Yeah, no, I'm very, I, my favorite, favorite thing to do when I'm bored is just is just unfriend my high school the people I knew in high school <laughs> just just oh bye God. goodbye like we're done here yes oh God. Pull a I'm glad I've managed to survive the friend purge Alexa we're still we're still Facebook buds yeah you're great right? you haven't you haven't spit in my hair yet she's so. like unfriended yeah. me over the course of the show yeah. that would be really just, nice just, just, just keep an eye know. on your gum Maddie that's all that's all you oh need my to God. spit in I my would hair never do that no way I people didn't spit gum in my hair but i i have written about like some of the other stuff and bad things occurred high school was terrible no one should go to high school people yeah. should just leave school <laughs> just skip go right go to, to high school and get home school, i, I don't know i kind of feel that way whatever anyway what are we playing are we doing what are we playing yeah we should you should do what we're playing and, and then and then let, wrap up but so yeah. so alexa i don't know if you can talk about what you're playing for reviewing probably not but if there's anything you want to talk about that you have been playing that you can talk about uh well i have been playing I'll go pictures of pie on Maddie's Twitter feed for the past like 24 hours. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm eating, <laughs> that's, I'm that's eating a, game a piece I'm of pie right now. Actually. <laughs> I'm like slowly eating the last piece of apple pie that I made. If somebody wants to go check out my pie picks, um, <laughs> my, my what hot I, pie picks, sizzling I, pies. Okay. I can't talk about this. So I, right before I started this, I started recording. I finished the finale of tales from the borderlands, Oh, which Ooh. is, which is out on Tuesday. And if you've been, if you have been waiting for the series to finish before you play it, please, for love of God, don't wait anymore. That's all I can say. Uh, yeah, I, I need, I need to play the rest of that. I, pl- I played through the first episode and then I kind of stopped because I wanted to do the rest of it all at once. So I am, Korea. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I, I haven't played any of it, but I really want to. Yeah, you it's should. Like, it's you on the would, list. Like I, I would super dig it because I really like the world of, of Borderlands anyway. Yeah. So. It's, it's really good, but also like if you, I have friends that like, don't give a crap about Borderlands, but love Tales from the Borderlands. Like they just do characterization and like relationships yeah. and like conflict. Like and that's this, like the best part of Borderlands. And, too, and the script is so funny. The script is so funny. Oh, I love awesome. it so much. Yeah, uh, like right. I cu- I couldn't really play like Borderlands one or two. Like I had trouble with it, and I just gave up on it. But I love the world, and like being able to play it as a Telltale game is like the best of both worlds. Because yeah, that's all that I want. So is, that's all I want is the story and you know the characters, and I don't want to. I don't want to deal with you know. I'm I'm over first person shooters anyway, so 
Play Tales, um, I guess I can talk a little bit about this. My review is going up on Monday. I played the new Fatal Frame that comes out next week. Oh, the digital download only one that comes out the, for the Wii U? That's that's like 9,000 megabytes or something. Like the, down, <laughs> like the download space is incredibly high and incredibly strange. Um, it's It's a Fatal Frame game. And <laughs> is that all you're gonna say? And uh, well, you can't talk about it. I can confirm it's a Fatal Frame game. As I, I, I can confirm that it is uh, extremely spoopy. Everyone in the chat room is under NDA right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a, I, I, we can't yes. enforce that at all. Yeah, I, 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 I can confirm that it is extremely spoopy. But that's about <laughs> it. Um, and then everything else I cannot talk about. But all the reviews will be going up next week. So if you just follow my Twitter feed, you'll know what I'm holding back. <laughs> Which you should all do anyway, because Alexa's a delight. Oh, that's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, we don't let anybody on the show who's not a delight. Of course so. not. Of course not. Uh, so, Georgia, what are you playing this week? Well, I'm, I'm not playing it yet. Okay. Um, but I just down because I'm sick and I, you know. But what we just downloaded is uh, the game Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. <gasps> How are you going to be playing yeah, that, though? You can play this on the PC. Without, yeah. a, without, without an Oculus? Without an Oculus Rift. So here we go. You play together, and one person has the rule book, and someone else has the comp. You have to be, you can't, you can't be playing, like, so that you can both see. And one person has, like, how to defuse the bomb, and you can play with multiple people, which is also really cool and really fun. And you have to give each other tips on how to defuse this bomb before it explodes in the time limit given. And it's just so much fun. I loved it on Oculus, and I'll be playing it on the PC, and I'm just waiting till myself and my hubby are, like, no longer, like, really sick. Yeah, yeah, I heard that's a bit of a relationship tester. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> report back report back <laughs> it's like the main other thing we talk about on this show is like trying to play games with our significant others for yeah. good or we'll ill see. we'll see how well we actually do that because i'm i'm like i get left and right mixed up so this could be <laughs> oh good that's this that's be... not a problem for that game at all no no <laughs> it's gonna be just fine just just remember you put your fa- your hands out and you make an l with each hand and whichever one actually looks like an l is the Steve, left I, I actually do that and you I'm still get joking. mixed up? I, I ha- Well, no, because I do that. But I have to do that. <laughs> I cannot figure it out on my own. I do that sometimes, too. I've never been that good at right and left either. But I think under pressure, I'd be okay. I don't know. I'm under pressure, I'm worse. That's all I know. But huh. we'll find out how it goes. <laughs> what could go wrong? So, uh, so, Maddie, what are you playing? Okay, so I was at New York Comic Con for five days. Ooh. So um, I played Street Fighter V for like two minutes while I was there after waiting in line for significantly longer than two minutes. That was really cool. I got to play Karin, uh, and it was really fun to see how she's playing. But um, the thing about stuff like that is that even though I kind of felt like I got a sense for, for which of her moves were powerful and like the speed of her moves and stuff, it's all going to change anyway. So I don't actually know how it's going to play when it's really out. So it's like, what's the point of playing it? Why did I wait in line for so long to play it when they're going to just rebalance all the characters again? I don't know, but it was still really fun. Um, Obviously the demoralizing thing about that is that like, I was the only girl that I saw playing it at all. 
um, there were some other girls in line and I kept being like, this girl's going to play it. And then she would be a girlfriend videotaping her boyfriend. You playing. see what you, the way that you should have, the way that you should have said it, Maddie was you were the best girl. I was, I was That's the it. best That's girl, Maddie. <laughs> The best woman on the the show floor was me, as far as I know. God, that um, makes me so sad, and not just it's, like it's particularly in fighting games this is a problem that I've talked about on this show many, many times. But um, yeah, it's it is rough, and I'm always hoping that I'll run into other women who play fighting games. And like, there was this one woman who I think was like. Um, like the official, she had like some really sweet camera equipment. Um, so I'm going to assume she wasn't a girlfriend and was official uh, waiting in line with like some Let's Players who I'm going to assume were like maybe making some money because they had some pretty good equipment on them. And um, she she seemed like cool and with it. And I was like, is she going to play? But she just videoed the whole time. So I'm like, okay, so she's a video producer maybe. So like she, I will make an exception for in the sense that like she wasn't somebody who was just like standing around looking really bored like she at least yeah. like was still into the game but um it it is really sad because like i know how intimidating these games are and like i'm always trying to sort of talk to other people and be like hey like i know this seems really intimidating but it's it's not actually as hard as you think it is and it can be really fun yeah and like the groups of people who are there might be really mean but not all of them are and like i'll be there so that'll be cool <laughs> yeah. right so like I, i'm i'm like always trying to convince people to play with me but like in this case this is a situation where i'm like going to a con by myself covering events by myself like i didn't like have friends with me who i was taking with me to go play i would like had to go wait in line alone and like deal with guys looking at me on my on my own and I'll deal with guys with being like time. are you really in line and me being like yes i'm really in line <laughs> i'm waiting for this controller we're both walking up to the thing it's happening yeah. get over it like all of that stuff happens to me every time i do this and i would really love if it would stop <laughs> like i would really love if we got to a point where that was not even a thing um but that day feels really far away so yeah um that was kind of like the same thing that it goes that i go through every freaking time i do anything but yeah. whatever um yeah then i came home and played more street fighter 4 and there's okay. gonna be another street fighter 5 beta really soon so um I know I didn't talk about the other beta on the show because I was like, I don't really know what I have to say about it. But I'm hoping that in the next beta, which I think is in two weeks, uh, they're going to show more of the new characters like Armika and and hopefully Karin again and like some of the characters that like um, we all haven't played a million times. Like, <laughs> what is there really to yeah. say about Ryu? <laughs> Not that much. Um, so I'm I'm kind of hopeful that I'll have more to say about it on this show next time but yeah, yeah we should try i mean if it comes out if it works out we should try to like get together in person oh and try well to but play see that, the thing know. about that the thing about the beta is that you cannot play locally you oh, can't really? play it's against your friends online? no oh, no, no. You, it's only yeah. online and it's really annoying so like what zach and i've been doing is like switching off every three matches because that's about the level at which we each get really frustrated by the <laughs> fact that we were beaten three times in a row by somebody on the <laughs> uh -huh. internet to be fair, we have won some matches, um, which I'm always repeating over and over. Zach's always like, we lose all the matches. And I'm like, excuse me, but we don't. <laughs> we, we win some matches. Um, but 
because it's also like everybody's kind of a beginner at the game so in some ways you have an advantage but you could you also can like look at everybody's screen names and see that people are named like so and so 1981 and be like oh okay (laughs) this this guy was born in 1981 or this girl's born in 1981 she's probably been playing street fighter since she was two so (laughs) she's gonna be good but if you look at somebody's profile and they're like such and such 1995 then you're like i'm gonna kick this person's butt because they probably don't know as much about street fighter as we do so yeah i entirely base it on that but actually it's been pretty accurate so far (laughs) so yeah also the screen names that people have in street fighter are really funny i could do a whole show just about like the hilarious screen names that people have and like massive props every time i run into somebody um in the street fighter 5 beta who like has a feminine screen name i'm like so excited every time i'm like yeah we're playing a lady yay <laughs> or it's a guy who like named himself cammy but i i like to assume that didn't happen because like guys are guys are too friggin homophobic to do that so so it's probably a girl which is cool anyway I know, I know there are women out there playing, playing fighting games. I know they're out there and I know they're playing online, which is mostly what I do. And they don't go to these in-person events. Um, but I know they're out there because I see them in the beta. I mean, especially <laughs> playing on a big screen in front of people has to be like even like 10 times more intimidating than anything it's else. It's really intimidating. Like you're playing and you know that there's a huge crowd of people in line watching you. Like that sucks. And like knowing that you're playing Street Fighter V. And like in my case, like the whole time while I was waiting in line, I was looking up Karin's moves because I've literally never played Karin in this game before. I played her in Alpha, but like I can't, she ha- wasn't in Street Fighter Four, and obviously in Street Fighter Five, her moves are going to be different anyway. So like I'm standing there, like okay, Maddie, like try to remember like all the quarter circles and like how many times to hit punch and stuff. But like this is the first time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't like practice, so it's a very weird environment to be playing a fighting game. But everybody's on the same ground too. So if I kick somebody's butt, then I can't even feel too good about it, right? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, that was a lot. More than I thought I would have to say about that. Anyway, Steve, what are you playing? Well, so I uh so I played the Battlefront beta. Oh-ho, you did. Uh yeah, I I sure did. I'm sorry that I wasn't here to to check that out, but It's well, I, I kind of wish you were because my opinion is not the one that we should be having represent. Yeah, cuz it's like a shooty McShooterson type of a game. I mean, it's beautiful and it looks like you're playing through the movies and you know it sounds like you're playing through the movies and i enjoyed it not a bit and and i it's i don't know that i don't know how much of it is the game and how much of it is just me but it was like you know how i keep saying that first person shooter like multiplayer first person shooters are like flappy bird to me where i just like i'm playing and then all of a sudden i am done and i don't know why and i don't know what happened and then i just start over again and that was that was basically my entire experience playing battlefront you know i don't i don't i just don't know if i'm just if it's just because i'm terrible at first person shooters and i just can't pick anybody up or i mean i played a decent amount on hoth and it kept uh, slotting me with the rebels which didn't help because the rebels were like severe at a severe disadvantage to the empire in that in that mode but there was a lot of times where i would just be standing out in the open or just standing like in a trench and like all of a sudden I'm dead and there's like a guy in <laughs> there's like a guy this in like a sad. bunker like halfway across the map and it's like I didn't even know that that was some place where you could shoot from and I'm I'm dead so it's like I I don't know I was actually way more excited for the game before I played the beta than after 
And if there's not some sort of a mode where I can just fly an X-Wing, then I'm probably not going to bother because it's I, I, I'm just not going to enjoy it, I don't think. And that, which is not to say that it's a bad game. It's just a game that's not for me. For you. So, which, you know, I'm, that's why I don't want to be the old, that's why I didn't want to make it a topic because it's like my, my opinion on this is not representative of like somebody who's actually going to go out and buy this on day one or, or God forbid, pre-order it. Right, right. So like how long's the beta? Like, is it too late for me to? Yeah, it's done. It went through Tuesday morning, I think. Yeah, there was like no way I was going to make it because I was at the con, but. But so, and so I, so I played that and then I got this game today called Downwell um for the iphone and it's also on steam for windows and it's a it's it's kind of like a roguelike platformer except it's completely vertical and you're constantly going down hence the name but um so you're like falling through this well and you have shoes that have guns built into the bottom of them so like you're jumping and then once you do a double jump you start shooting everything that's below you and you can jump on the on the enemies like Mario style and So wait, does it is it like super motion sickness inducing? I'm like trying no, to No, it's picture. like it's like super 2D. It's like Oh, okay. I was picturing like a 3D game and I was like this is the worst no, thing you've no, no, ever no. described. No, 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 no. <laughs> like 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 that ah, like game? No, it's not like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um no, it's it's a 2D it's a 2D platform. It's almost like I don't want to say it's like Spelunky because it's not, but if you think Does about Does it have that visual style though? It's no, it's like really like first gen NES 8-bit style. Like mm-hmm. very very 8-bit like I think it's like it's like three colors, two or three colors and that's it. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's really difficult. Um but I I like it a lot cuz it's kind of, you know, it it scratches that roguelike itch for me and it's a platformer which I like a lot and I really like the mechanics cuz they're very unique. Like it's it, there's a lot of kind of balancing like how when you're going to shoot in to kill something and when you're going to shoot to slow your fall and then like your guns have like limited ammo that reload when you land so like you can only shoot a certain number of times while you're in the air but you also have to shoot the enemies multiple times in order to kill them and then you get guns and you get uh gems from killing the enemies and then you start getting extra abilities like when you capture when you get gems it'll shoot a, a bullet up at the guys who are above you and you'll start um like you can actually make the corpses blow up and do more damage it, it's i cool so there's a lot of layers to it yeah it's there's a lot of stuff i'm just really scratching the surface of it right now and it's a really quick game like most of the most of the the runs i've done have been like less than three minutes and it's it's not for everybody because it is difficult but I, i'm liking it a lot so um i i wish the iphone controls were a little bit better because i feel like the the left and right are a little bit too close and i'm kind of sliding a little bit but i'm liking it a lot so I, I i'll recommend that i may come back next week and you know say that i hate it but you know that's that's how because <laughs> i just got i literally just got it today but I, so far i'm really enjoying it of what i played with it today so okay so uh before we go do we uh do we want to make sure that we plug anything uh georgia you have what like seven or eight podcasts that we need to <laughs> <laughs> um i was on twit and um we had uh, Dr. Anna Maria DeMars, uh, Ronda Rousey's mom on Vector, which was like probably one of the coolest things because she's like tough and like runs a gaming company called Seventh Gen Games that deals with math for uh, learning, which is really cool for kids that have a trouble with math. So it makes it fun. It's like World of Warcraft and you learn math at the same time. And uh, she does. She's like probably just one of the most awesome people. And, um, yeah, and then I'll be doing release notes coming up, uh, 
on the probably when the show airs, I'll be traveling to release notes in Indiana that I'll be uh, doing um, a conference. Yeah, that that interview was fantastic. By the way, I listened to that on my way in to work today, and it, it's did I worth... sound like I was way geeking out though? You, you did, you did, but in a good so way. Excited. So yeah, I was so excited to talk to her. She's just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and there, and then and then I get to work and I find this GIF of Ronda Rousey like kicking somebody's butt in a Pokemon in a Pikachu costume. Oh no, no, she does. She lo- and and she's she like a big Pokemon. It. She's uh, a fan, huge yeah. Pokemon fan. Oh and yeah, a gaming fan. Yeah, and uh, she uh, yeah she kicks someone's butt for the Pokemon. Um, don't mess. Don't take. Don't take yeah. uh, Ronda's Pokemon cards. That's not the <laughs> smartest moves. <laughs> That's what you learn from anything. Definitely don't do that. Um, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But she even t- game tests for um, the the games that uh, her mom creates. So, and she's yeah. also got a doctorate in psychology, um, educational psychology, and uh, she teaches statistics at like university. Like I'm like, wow. Like I'm pretty type A, yeah. but you are. Like you have to it. You <laughs> she's have like to the only person to out Georgia. Georgia is, is no. Is, she's <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, how do you do it? She's like, I don't watch TV. I'm like, okay. Like, cool. Uh, <laughs> I guess something's gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, and uh, it won't be out by the time this airs, but this the next Wednesday, I guess. Uh, so I was back on Unconsolable again. Um, and sweet. Uh, I was not the only one on Unconsolable. Maureen actually joined me, and what? so what? Okay, yeah. I'm jealous. Wait a second, Steve. Wait a second. What? What's up? She didn't come on our show. Well, yeah. they wa- I, I will. Get, I'll get her on our show at some point. Okay. But they uh, they wanted to do a whole show about Hearthstone, so we did a show that was fifty uh, percent about Hearthstone and fifty percent about chain restaurants. By the time we were done with it, so oh, I don't great. know how that quite happened, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it, it will be. And there was like a, a dramatic reading of a Peppa Pig article at the end of it that I, I don't even know. A it's bonus. A yeah. bonus feature. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. So go listen to that. <laughs> I love it. It'll, but That's we had a lot great. of fun doing that. So and very we, we, cool, Steve. We did talk about Hearthstone for a while. So if you want to hear about Hearthstone, and you okay, can, well tell tell me yeah. I'm jealous now. Just let I, her I know. Will, I will get I will get her to come That's on to cool. come on with us at some point. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, so Alexa, where can people find all about you and all the stuff you're doing on the on the internet? Now that you're internet famous, according to your Facebook friends, oh god, or, or your or Facebook unfriends, I guess. <laughs> She's my, already my unfriends. My Facebook frenemies. I'm uh, on Twitter at, at Alexa Racy. I'm pretty random. And I share a lot of dumb crap. And also, I write for GameSpot, so pretty much most of the big stuff I write is there. Awesome. And, and thank you so much again for being yeah, on the show. Yeah, no, this was and, super and, fun. So yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, and so you can uh, find the show notes for this show and every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. You can send us yeah. uh, feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Go download the Relay FM app in the App Store so you can hear us record live if you are around and can listen to us um, when that happens next time or you know any other time. And uh, you can find all of us on Twitter. Uh, the show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. You can find Bree at Space Cat Gal. And Maddie, where can people find you? I'm at Samus Clone. And Georgia? You can find me. Well, if you're looking for anxiety videos or dealing with sleep, it's uh, anxiety-videos.com. And if not, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. Uh, so uh, thank you as always for listening. Thank you to Braintree for sponsoring this episode. And uh, so is the show over? The show is over. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
isometric workers roll no. out. I, I don't. I don't want to break George's George's throat by making her do Transformers noises when she's sick, though. Okay, <laughs> fine. Well, I did them by myself, so you can. Put I, that I tried. I tried. Alexa, can you do a Transformers noise? Huh? I we've been uh, trying to do them lately. <laughs> I like the what? I don't know that I can I can do a Transformers noise. It's hard to do. Zach can actually do them really well. I I was going to try to ask him to teach me how to do it for the show, but I forgot. Renee was like, he was all like, that is not a Transformer noise. This is a Transformer noise. I'm like, that does not sound like a Transformer noise either. Everybody has their own interpretation. It's it's so artistic. It's great. They're like, your Transformers noise is like your fingerprint. You know, it's unique to you. Oh, of course, because we're all different Transformers. I would definitely be the transforming panda gecko. What if my transformer's silent? Just silent. Wait, deadly, <laughs> like it but be deadly. Terrifying. Like it's moving and transforming <laughs> and like doing a bunch of stuff, but it's all completely silent. Yeah. That's that's kind of scary. That's like some sort of like weird horror movie version of the Transformers. Yeah, yeah. That's like a really scary robot image. At least in my mind it is. It's like a completely silent robot. Anyway. Silencer. Oh. Yeah, it would be called the silencer. Which is oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 